Yes. Good evening. Happy holidays. My name is Jean, Jean B. I am a food addict in Florida. I came into OA in July of 2004 when I lived in Massachusetts. And I am celebrating not quite 19 and a half years of back-to-back abstinence. I qualify to be on this meeting because when I came into OA, I weighed close to 250 pounds, and I've lost a little over one half of my body weight. So now I'm about 122 pounds or thereabouts. I'll weigh myself again on the first. And uh, I have kept, you know, I've lost the weight. I've kept it off. I practice the tools. I don't necessarily do every tool every day. That is, I don't go to a meeting every day. But most of the others I do. I write. I'm a sponsor. I have sponsees. And I, uh, I read literature. I take part in meetings. I use the telephone. And I find that this program has helped me, not just in terms of weight loss, but in terms of becoming a better person. Because I no longer, I used to be someone who worried about things I had absolutely no control over. Since learning about the steps, and particularly step one, recognizing that, yeah, I don't really have control over much of anything. I've learned to let go of those ideas. I used to worry about things like, well, when I lived in Massachusetts and I was working, I, I, I don't drive, so I was using public transit. And I was always concerned in the wintertime if it was going to snow. So, you know, this time of year, that's something that happens up there. And uh, so, you know, if I heard on the weather forecast that it was going to snow, sometimes I'd lie awake at night wondering, well, is it going to snow tomorrow? What am I going to do? How am I going to get to work? Blah, 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 blah. And, I, you know, and I'd get myself all upset and I wouldn't be able to sleep. And then, of course, I'd get up in the morning and sometimes I'd look out the window and it hadn't snowed. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, why did I get myself all upset about something that didn't even happen? But, uh, you know, I come to realize, being in program, that, hey, you know, I'm not in charge of the weather. I'm not in charge of the traffic. There's a lot of things that I have absolutely no control over. And having come to accept that, I don't worry about them anymore. Instead, I can, you know, concentrate on things that I do have some ability to handle. Like, you know, I'm retired now, but I do a lot of volunteer work, both in program and in other areas. And by, you know, concentrating on the things that I can do, rather than the things that I can't, I'm a lot happier person. I'm a lot more content with my life. I have more serenity. I'm more aligned with what I believe my higher power wants me to do. And these are all things that that are very, very helpful. Another thing I do, and those of you who have heard me before know that I talk a lot about service, because I do a lot of service. And I feel that it keeps me out of trouble, keeps me out of the food, Because after all, if I'm busy doing something, I'm not going to be sitting there thinking about, well, what do I want to eat? You know, I know what I'm going to eat. I have a food plan. I have a sponsor. My food is committed. I weigh it on a digital scale. There's, you know, I don't, I don't guesstimate if I can possibly avoid it. 
And it's funny because, you know, I know some people say, well, that they call or they write to their sponsor every day about what they're eating. Well, because my food is, I'm vegan, and my food is pretty much the same from one day to the next. So, you know, my sponsor told me, no, just let me know if, if you if you have to make any changes. Because she said, you know, it was kind of boring reading my food every day because it was the exact same thing. And I mean, it was good. It was healthy. Kept my weight normal. Blood sugar normal. All that. But I didn't need to, uh, you know, write the same thing over and over and over again. So instead, you know, she knows what I eat. And that's fine. She tells me I'm, I'm about the easiest sponsee that she has. And I'm happy about that you know, that I'm not causing her any problems. But, you know, if I do have to make any changes, you know, like if I'm traveling or anything like that, I will I will let her know. The other things that I do are, um, I, as I say, I do a lot of service. I help lead, you know, in, in my part of the program, I help lead meetings. I'm involved with my intergroup. I'm the intergroup secretary. I'm I'm involved with workshops. I was uh, on a workshop earlier today. I'm going to be on another workshop next Sunday. I help plan the workshops. I help write the formats. And uh, I speak. I share. Um, I'm. I have. Uh, I've had. I've had now a little bit of uh, Zoom security training. So I'm helping out now on some Zoom meetings and events. I also have done some dashboard training so I know dashboard and uh, I do dashboard and actually on some of the meetings that I do I both lead the meeting and do the dashboard because I can do them both and uh, you know this way it frees up other people to do other things but I have found that if I want to be if I want to belong to a program I have to do things in order to pay back what was given to me because when I came into program, as I say, it was almost 20 years ago now, it'll be 20 years in July, that I needed a lot of help and I got it. And so by doing service myself, I am in a sense paying back what's been given to me and I feel good about that. And you know, uh, one of the slogans that I learned years ago was that a grateful heart doesn't eat. So if I have gratitude, I'm not going to be tempted to go into the food because I'm going to say to my, you know, one of the things I learned from an early sponsor of mine was that if I start to feel hungry, she said the first thing to do is look at the time and see, is it time for your next meal? because I try to space my meals like four or five or six apart. So for instance, like, you know, if I had breakfast at seven in the morning, I would probably have lunch around noontime, right? Uh, well, if I had breakfast at seven in the morning and I start feeling hungry at 9 a.m., I know it's not because I'm physically hungry because I mean, I had my breakfast two hours ago. No way I'm gonna be hungry after two hours if I had a good breakfast. So instead, I say, okay, what else is going on? Well, maybe I'm thirsty, so I can go get a drink of water. If I get a drink of water and 
I don't feel like I'm hungry anymore. Well, okay. It wasn't because I was hungry. It was because I was thirsty. But my disease, a food addiction, tries to tell me on is because I need to eat something. And that's not true. So I've learned not to pay attention to that. If I feel that I'm hungry and say it's quarter to 12, then I know, yeah, I have a reason why it's hungry. I'm hungry. It's 15 minutes before lunchtime, and I probably should start getting ready to, you know, prepare my food for lunch. The other reason why I might feel hungry is if something's bothering me. Am I stressed about something? Am I trying to do something that's, you know, causing me frustration? Is my computer giving me problems? Am I having trouble with my phone? Was there someone I was trying to reach and I can't, you know, I left them a message and they haven't gotten back to me yet? Well, okay. That's life. I need to live life on life's terms. Things aren't always going to go the way I want them to. Maybe they're not going to go as fast as I want them to. So I just need to, you know, sit back and say, okay, what's going on here? What do I need to do next? Maybe I need maybe I need to make another phone call. Maybe I need to write about it. Maybe I need to, you know, read something in the literature. I have my tools. So I don't have to sit here and, you know, pound my fist on the desk that I'm frustrated. I can do something else. You know? And one of the things uh, we used to talk about in uh, my old meetings back up in Massachusetts was what they called the OA Yellow Pages. That is, if you had a problem with something, uh, you know, say, I don't know, your uh, roof was leaking or something, uh, you could call somebody else in program and say, you know, I'm having a problem, my roof is leaking. And they might say, oh, why don't you call so-and-so? She had that problem and she can tell you, you know, what she did. Or so-and-so's, oh, yeah, you know, or, or so-and-so's husband works for a roofing company. Why don't you, why don't you give them a call, you know? And that way, there are connections, and we help each other. Or, you know, if somebody needs something, and they put it out, say, like, at the end of a meeting in the non-OA announcements, I remember uh, we used to have face-to-face meetings, and sometimes people would get up and say, hey, you know, uh, I'm moving in a couple of weeks, and I could use some help moving boxes or something like that. And people would say, sure, you know, where, when? And uh, they'd make arrangements, come over and help people. Or if, if so, or if someone was in the hospital, they might say, hey, you know, can we bring a meeting to so-and-so? And uh, they'd get a couple of people together and they'd go visit the person in the hospital or if they were home, you know, recuperating, they'd see, you know, if it was okay to come and visit them, they'd bring a meeting to them. This is all doing service. And it's wonderful. Because if if I can help someone else, that's, you know, something that makes me feel better about me. And again, as I say, you know, if I'm feeling grateful that I can help someone, I'm not going to go into the food. And, and the other thing I wanted to share with you is this being holiday season. I'd like to read something. This was from Lifeline in November 2007, and it's called The 12 Steps to a Better Holiday Season. It's a beautiful version of the 12 Steps. And uh, 
the step one, we admitted the holiday season has a deeper meaning than devouring food. Two, we came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could help us see and celebrate the true meaning of the season. Three, we came to believe our higher power could help us appreciate the joyfulness of the season as we understand it. Four, we made a searching and thorough examination of our relationship with food during the holidays and other things we enjoy about the season. Five, we admitted to our higher power the exact nature of our food habits during holiday seasons past. Six, we became entirely ready to allow our higher power to remove our attachment to food as a necessity of the holidays. Seven, we humbly asked him to remove our desire to partake of holiday treats. Eight, we made a list of all persons whose presence makes the holiday season joyful for us and with whom we would like to share our joy. Nine, we made plans to spend time with those people whenever possible, except when to do so would remove us from our primary purpose of abstinence. Ten, we continued to enjoy the company of friends and family and other non-food aspects of the season. Eleven, we sought through prayer and meditation to improve our appreciation of the season, praying for knowledge of its meaning and the joy we feel at this time. Twelve, having realized that sharing the joy of this season with others far outlasts the fleeting pleasure of food, we gave ourselves the gift of abstinence throughout the holidays and gave others the gift of our full attention and appreciation. As I say, that was from uh, Lifeline, November 2007, and it's called The Twelve Steps to a Better Holiday Season. And uh, I know, you know, copies of it have been around for a while. Somebody had, I think, emailed it to me years ago, and I saved it on my computer. And uh, when I used to go to face-to-face meetings around this time of year, uh, I would bring it with me, you know, bring copies with me and give them out to people. And uh, so, you know, as I say, it, it's it's been around, but it's it's a wonderful thing. And I mean, that's the other thing is that, you know, this is a holiday time of year and there is a lot of, there's a lot of food out there. And one thing we need to be careful of is not to get into it and not to think that, well, you know, it's the special time of year or, you know, Aunt Sadie made this food thing or whatever. Uh, You don't have to eat it. And I mean, why do you want to, you know, I mean, like like somebody asked me once, you know, if I was going to eat something, and I said no. And they said, well, you know, uh, couldn't you just, you know, stop your diet and go back on it tomorrow? And I said no, because I've been working at this for many, many years, and I wouldn't want to give it up for, you know, just eating something for a couple of minutes. I'd destroy all of the, all of the, the growth and experience that I've had. I'd have to give up all my service. Thank you. Thank you. I'd have to give up all my service positions. Uh, you know, I'd have to let my sponsees go. Why would I want to do that? Just to put something in my mouth for a minute. You know, it's not it's not worth it to me. And that's that's how I look at it. And that's how I've stayed abstinent all this time. Because I I have to put my program first. And by doing that, I was able to, as I say, you know, lose approximately half my body weight. And as, as somebody I knew years ago said to me, if I ever want to know what that 125 pounds feels like, she'd come sit on my back, you know. <laughs> and I said, no, thank you. I don't need it back. I don't need it back. 
And that's that's the thing, because if I lost my program, I'm sure I'd be back to 250 pounds or maybe even more. And as, as I heard somebody say once, they don't know if they have another recovery in them. Because after all, you know, I mean, the first time you do it, you do it. If you have to go back and do it a second time, then sometimes it's a little bit harder. Because, well, you know what you're in for. <laughs> and uh, then and there's that whole feeling of, oh, I screwed up and all that. So rather than, you know, I mean, yeah, I screwed up a little bit at the very beginning because I really didn't know what the heck I was doing. But, uh, you know, after those first couple of days, I had it straight. And for me, it's just been straight on ever since. And I can't imagine, you know, giving up all the wonderful gifts that I've gotten from this program just to, you know, eat some sweet thing. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't compute. It's not, it's not a fair trade. So with that, I will pass. And again, my name is Jean B. And I will leave my contact information after the recording has ended. And I wish you all very happy holidays and abstinent holidays. And I hope I've said something that's helped somebody. Thank you.